Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into Feeling Blue from the Block M Podcast Network here with you on Wednesday night, July 12th, as we head into Thursday, July 13th, as we inch closer and closer to the start of the college football season, just 52 days away as we record the show. Luke Yardy here along with Tyler Seeley. We got a fun one for you. A couple of good topics uh, as we get through the month of July here. Tyler, what's going on? How you doing here tonight? Not much. I'm doing pretty good. We're getting closer to the college football season. Uh, 52 days until the Michigan football season. I know a couple days ago we were at 50 days until the college football season. I believe we're at 45, Week zero. 46 yeah. days, something like that. So we're getting closer and closer, man. I can almost taste it at this point. It's it's uh, we we get past the Fourth of July, right? And that's when. That's what I feel like we start to get it because, you know, we got the the Hall of Fame game in the NFL coming up that first week of August. And that's when it starts to feel like, OK, it's almost here. College football is going to be open up camps. Uh, you know, the NFL teams are going to be in training camp. And it's like, all right, now we're we're, we're kind of shifting gears and summer's almost over, which is a bittersweet feeling for me. But I do love football season, you know. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, it's like, you know, the 4th of July is over and you look at the calendar. It's like it's already July 12th. It's like, holy yeah. Shit crap where did time go but i mean you know what this is probably the most anticipated michigan football season uh that i can Since remember last year I mean, last year obviously <laughs> was very anticipated but before that i mean this this is probably the most anticipated since what oh seven even before that like yeah this is this is crazy this is going to be an insane season so yeah, and right, right around the corner, we got Big Ten Media Days, too. That's another thing that, you know, it's it's at the end of the July. It's July 26th and 27th. That's another one where w- once you get to Media Days, we kind of flip the, the script a little bit uh, as well. And Michigan did announce who their representatives are going to be here this year. And really, no surprise, I don't think. It, it's some guys that have been around the program and some guys that we've always heard are are just awesome leaders within that locker room. Uh, Blake Corum, Mike Sainer is still, and Chris Jenkins going to be representing Michigan down at Lucas Oil Stadium here this year. Yeah, I love it. I mean, those are, those are the guys you lean on. Um, you wonder if, you know, J.J. McCarthy should have been that guy, you know, considering he's – He's a junior, um, and this could be his final season at Michigan. That's the one question. You know, seems to a lot of a lot of teams seem to bring quarterbacks, but I'm not going to complain. I mean, Mike Sandra's still a guy that you know played offense the first couple of years of his career, and then switched gears to defense last year, and now came back for his senior year. Uh, that'll be interesting. Obviously, Blake Corum could have foregoed everything and went to the NFL, but he he came back, and I'm sure NIL had something to do with that. But you know what? 
in terms of leaders. Uh, Blake Corum is a fantastic leader, and it, between him and Donovan Edwards, the, the running back position is as deep as it gets in the Big Ten. I know some Penn State fans will say that Nick Singleton and, and you know, those guys are better than Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. I, I, I'll tell you that they're not. Um, and then obviously Chris Jenkins, a guy that's been here for a while, and and uh, I'm not going to call him a consummate pro, but someone that you know that is a leader in that locker room. And you know what, Michigan has a lot of players they could have sent, and this is probably the best three that they could have sent. Yeah, we we've heard a lot of good things about Chris Jenkins. He he's going to have to play a, a a pretty big role on, on the interior of that defensive line, him and Mason Graham. So uh, I'm excited to see what uh, what they're able to do. And, you know, uh, from, you know, you bring up the, the quarterback thing and, and I do get that. Uh, but, but these guys have kind of stood out. They've, they've stuck around, you know, when, when they didn't have to. And I think that's, I think that's building into, you know, obviously, uh, Jim Harbaugh lives by, by the, the creed of those who stay will be champions. And these guys came back and they stayed. So I, I love that. Like if JJ, if he does not leave for the NFL after this year, he's, he's a no brainer. going to be representing Michigan right. and Indy next year. Right. Cause it's, it's pretty much kind of been, uh, it's been the theme of, of those who stay, you know, I mean, you go back to, uh, when Aiden went before the, the 21 season and they were, you know, they were talking about it openly about needing to beat Ohio state. I'm interested to see, uh, if they go about it that way with big 10 media days here this year, are they going to openly talk about trying to win a national championship, right? Like, are, are they going to be for, you know, forthcoming with that instead of giving the coach speak? Cause honestly, the last couple of years, They've they've talked openly about me needing to beat Ohio State, win Big Ten championships. I think last year they may have touched on it a little bit. I'm excited to see uh, what these guys say and how confident they are uh, coming into Big Ten media days. Well, I know I know last year was beat Michigan State, beat Ohio State, win the yeah. Big Ten championship, win a national championship. They got to the college football playoff. Obviously, they didn't win a national title, but they did three of the four goals. And uh, you know, I guess I've alluded to previously. Um, the only way you can do something is if you talk about it and then after talking about it, you actually go out and do it. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see if they do say something about winning a national title or if they, they put that pressure on themselves, national title or bust. I don't imagine that they would do something like that, but you know, can you say something like our goals are as followed, beat Michigan state, beat Ohio state, win the big 10 title and win a national championship and, and say that, you know, the national championship is, is really what we're looking for. Um, You know, that's why we have that beat Georgia drill and all that stuff like that. That's where, you know, they've, they've gotten this far. Is this, is this the ceiling for Jim Harbaugh? We'll find out this year. If this is the, this is the ceiling for a Jim Harbaugh team at Michigan. Um, you know, obviously things can change and things, but I mean, as this iteration of this Michigan football team, is this the ceiling is, is just beating Michigan state, Ohio state and everybody else. And then winning the big 10 title and getting to the playoff and getting your ass kicked. Is that the ceiling? Um, and we'll find out. Yeah. It, one other thing I'm very excited about it as well is because I remember last year when they were there and they, they, they showed the banners of the recent, champions in the big 10. And I remember seeing Ohio state, Ohio state, Ohio state, Ohio state. And then there was that Michigan banner and it was, it was kind of surreal, man. It's going to be even more surreal to see two of them next to each other here this year. 
Well, and and those players, you know, you mentioned Mike Sanders still, Blake Corum, Chris Jenkins, they were all a big part of beating Ohio State. Obviously, Blake Corum had one touch in that game because of the injury, but but you know, not beating Ohio State isn't just beating Ohio State on that field on that day. There's a right. lot that goes up to it. There's yep. a lot of build and you know, there's 11 weeks before that. And Blake Corum, if you don't have Blake Corum, you probably don't get to that situation at 11 and 0. So, um, you know, for them to see that and and for us to see that is going to be surreal. And and now it'll be interesting to see if they can sustain it. Can they go and beat Ohio State again at home in the big house where there's probably going to be a little bit of pressure on you? Right. So it, it'll be interesting to see. And uh, so we'll obviously have more coverage coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. Actually, two weeks from today is when Big Ten Media Days are going to kick off there uh, for, for the two-day event so we'll we'll be talking about that more as as that comes around in a couple of weeks uh also uh so, some news we've seen some updates tyler on the uh the the new lights and scoreboard going up at uh the the big house for the fall here this year and i gotta say man i've seen the comparisons side by side it's crazy how much larger uh this new structure is and and i along with a lot of people uh that i've seen wonder if if the new big structure is going to help with keeping the noise in the stadium here this fall i'm very intrigued to to see if that's the case well i'll tell you what going to games as a kid um you know i I don't want to say as a kid but you know as a seven eight nine year old somewhere around there um i always remember michigan stadium being loud but like you know, it, it lacked something. I don't know what that something was, but it lacked something. Um, but then, you know, going to the Penn State game last year, and um, I unfortunately wasn't fortunate enough to go to a game in the 2021 season, but something changed in that 2021 season where the crowd was just like, we're not going to deal with this shit anymore with people telling us to sit down. We're going to stand up and we're going to be mm-hmm. loud like every other stadium in the country. We, You don't see people in Death Valley telling people to sit down or Brian Denny in, in, in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or, you know, at Neyland Stadium in, in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Like, so I feel like just something changed. I don't know exactly what that something is, but I feel like, I don't know if it was belief in the fan base, if the you know, some of the fan base has just gotten younger that have gone to the games. And, you know, you see a lot more people participating in the maze outs. And and so I know there's a lot of people bitching about this, about the the stadiums and the, the sorry, the scoreboards and the lights and everything. But you know what? Adapt or die. That's what that's my motto. And you know what? A lot of these other schools are doing it. So, you know what? I think Michigan needs to do it. But to answer your question in terms of the scoreboard keeping in the, the noise, I, I think that it has a chance to be even louder. And I was at the Penn state game last year. That was a loud environment for that Mm -hmm. maze out. That was a loud environment. When, when Donovan Edwards had that touchdown, that long touchdown, um, the place was going absolutely nuts. And I mean, people say the crowd noise didn't stay in, but it did that day. I'll tell you that right now. And you're loud enough. It does stay in. So um, it'll be interesting to see though. I mean, it's certainly, it won't hurt. I don't think. Right. And you know what? And the other thing is that that you talk about, yeah, for for Penn State, for Michigan State, for Ohio State, those crowds are are going to show up and they're going to be loud. Uh, the interesting thing is, and you started to see it last year. All of a sudden, you start to have a lot of success, and you're just expected to pummel 
uh, some of these other teams. And I understand that Michigan's not doing themselves any favors with some of the non-conference games that they're scheduling. But, you know, uh, you look up at the student section, you see it on TV, like that whole upper deck of the student section is just it's not there. It's hard to stay engaged uh, with some of these teams. But how do you because as soon as you start having some success, right, like that, like that's a thing. Yeah. When when a good team's there and it's a big game, you're going to get the crowd, you're going to get the noise. But what about the other games? You know, can, can can that be stepped up a little bit like we do see in a lot of places like like LSU, like Neyland, like Bryant Denny, uh, you know, I mean, you you watch you watch one of those afternoon games on CBS. Alabama's just shit pumping a team and they're still going crazy down there in Tuscaloosa. You know, um, that is that that is also another thing that I'm curious of. If, if the expectations of this team are are so high, are the games against, you know, uh, Rutgers here this year? Like, are you still going to be able to get a good crowd and get get a really good home field advantage? Not that it really should matter, but it, it just you only get so many of these days a year. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I guess I would just like to to see that. Uh, a, a little better i agree with you i think there's problems throughout college football with those, those issues i mean i know i know you say alabama they seem to show up for most of the games but some of those games you well, saw they don't, they don't stay the whole they don't year. stay the whole time i'll give them that Sab- saban had a pretty good rant about that uh, a few years ago but they they seem to show up for the start of most of the games anyway yeah, and you saw uh, Texas A&M last year against UMass at halftime, and it was like three quarters of the way empty by the time yeah. the game was over. Um, shut the door. And and that'll happen, you know. I mean, if you're beating a team that bad, and that's another thing, right? Like like I've seen many people. John U. Bacon has been a uh, uh, very much a proponent against the the bad non conference scheduling. You look at some of the teams Michigan used to play, but uh, on the flip side of that. What you're doing right now, like though you could you could generally still win a national championship in those days if you happen to to drop one of those non-conference. Nowadays, it's like it, I I don't know, you know, it, it's hard to drop a non-con game and still you know be there at the end without that being a huge blemish on your resume. So you're starting to think about that too. If you're if you're Michigan, you're looking at it like an SEC program and, and you know they only play eight conference games and they play yeah, they they can schedule a pretty good non-conference game, but that's because they only have eight conference games. That's why they play those FCS schools uh you know the the second to last week of the season. If you're Michigan, you got nine conference games, right? You you're playing the same amount of Power 5 teams as these as these SEC teams. You're just they're mostly conference, so you're like well, you know, I, I mean, we'd kind of just be screwing ourselves if we're if we're scheduling decent non-con games. Now, Michigan's going to take the leap over the next couple of years uh, with, with the the Texas Oklahoma, uh, Texas and Oklahoma home and homes. But I mean, right now, there's no real incentive, right, to to play a decent non-conference schedule when you still have Ohio State and Penn State on the schedule. Because guess what, you beat those programs and you're getting in the college football playoff. That's just the the way that it is. Right, especially Penn State this year. The, the this Penn State team is oh the East is going to be nuts, scary. dude. The East yeah. is going to be nuts. Does it end up still being Michigan and Ohio State at the end of the day? Maybe, probably. I, I think I think the odds are probable for that to be the case. But Penn State's going to be be loaded. There's no question about it. They are, they are, and and they definitely scare me in terms of. And we'll, I'm sure we'll do predictions and everything mm-hmm. else. But that is one game that I look at that's like, oh shit, we got to go to Beaver Stadium. And I know it's not a night game, so we luck out with that. But it's like right. it's still going to be loud. It's still a Beaver Stadium. They could still do a whiteout. I'm sure it won't be, but 
uh, even even if it's not, it's still a loud stadium. It's still one of the most hostile environments of college football. And so that'll be interesting. But in terms of of where we're going with this, I, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see if if you can get those non-conference games that the Oklahomas and the Texases obviously are going to sell out. But can you get people to come for uh, East Carolina, the first game yeah, of the season. Right. You know, and, What's uh, a Bowling Green game going to look like in week three? UNLV, yeah. Like, obviously, the Rutgers game will be packed because it's the first Big Ten game and, and everything. But there's a lot of, There's a lot of different ways to look at it. I, I feel like when you say Alabama and Georgia and those schools can, can schedule the, the non-conference, have, like, one hard non-conference game, like Alabama had Texas last year, and they're going to have Texas again this year, Ohio State – I guess would be the one exception. They had Notre Dame last year and they have Notre yeah. Dame again this year. I've always said that Michigan should schedule Notre Dame every year. Um, I, I agree. And I think Michigan agrees with you and said Notre Dame didn't want it. They, they broke it off. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know if it's scared. I don't know. I mean, you're going to get people to go to that game every mm-hmm. year. Um, it could be a perennial rivalry every year. So like, I don't understand the, the the point but i don't know whatever it is what it is i guess yeah and you know going along these lines so we're, we're talking uh you know a big chunk of this conversation is is the upgrades of michigan stadium with the scoreboard and the lights and everything like that and they to their credit you know that the big thing has been how do we college football for many years was like how do we get people to come to these games right because the the tvs uh, they're you know 75 inches HD, you know, I mean, it's it's a, it's a great experience sitting in your living room watching these college games. You it can, as soon as it goes to commercial, you can flip over and watch some more college football. Or you have three TVs like we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instead of staring at the, I, I mean, the, the poor guy is just doing his job, but I hate the guy in the red hat, right? Because he's just standing out on the field. I'm like, let's get back to action here. Yeah. Um, But, you know, so how do you make these games more fun? So for me, I love there's nothing like the atmosphere of a college football game. There, there's just absolutely nothing like it. I love it so much, but they can get long. So I totally understand. And they're very expensive. If you've got a family of four, I mean, really, are you going to drop two, 250, 300 bucks between tickets, concessions, parking to go to these games? Um, so that's been a big problem that college football has been trying to address. Michigan's done it. You know, they're, they're starting to, to play more music and things like that. I know the old heads, they they don't like it. The traditionalists you know and everything like bad. that. It, yeah, bad. right. I mean, you got to do it. You got to get with the times at the end of the day, man. And, and you know, this is going to be awesome to have a big new scoreboard and, and lights and everything like that. But let me ask you, like, what would I, I know you could only make uh, about one game a year, uh, given given where yeah, you're at. I'm the exact yeah, same way being here in the Upper Peninsula. Um, so what would you when you go or if you let's do the hypothetical, if you if you lived around the area, you had season tickets, something like that. Like what would make you want to go and want to stay more so than you know, just just hanging out back at the house and watching the game on a big screen with your two other TVs and having a couple of college games on as well. I mean, making making the atmosphere, uh, you know, more fan friendly, like doing doing light shows. And I know they tried it a couple of years ago, but they didn't really have the infrastructure to do it. And now with the new lights and the new scoreboard and stuff, I'm sure they're going to do that. I think that is certainly a good start, um, you know doing Mr. Brightside, turning the lights off, like something like that. I mean, I know that's obviously for a night game for day games. I don't know. Could you get the band on the field, uh, you know, in between quarters? I don't, I mean, it's 
a thought the DJ was a good idea for that Ohio State game, and they did it, I believe, for most of the games last year. So I, I like those things. That makes the, the crowd into it. Um, pumping in some more, like, you know, sing-along kind of songs. Like, I know Detroit, um, the Wings used to have um, Please Tell Me Why, uh, you know. So, like, just a lot of different things like that, I feel like, make people go to games. You know, the the biggest one, I'll, I'll be honest, what seems to be the most popular from what, what I've seen is people want reliable Wi-Fi in the stadium. And while I agree that would be amazing, right? You want to be able to check your phone. You want to check other scores around the country. You want to go on Twitter, tweet your pictures or Instagram and, and post your pictures that you're at the game and everything like that. But that is like, like everyone thinks that that's just a simple thing, man. There's 120,000 people there for these games you know uh between fans staff everything like that people all on their phones like i don't know if if there is a wi-fi system that could handle that like if you yeah yeah exactly right i don't know if we even have the technology for a public for reliable right like you can make it and be like yeah connect to the wi-fi but guess what everyone jumps on that wi-fi and all of a sudden you're in the same boat as if you're using your cell reception. You know, yeah. that's why that's why like the broadcasters and, you know, the admin, they have their own Wi-Fi because once you jump on it, you're taking up that entire bandwidth. Like, I don't know if we have even the infrastructure capable of of allowing 115, 120,000 people on the same Wi-Fi, you know? No, probably not. The other thing that I would do, too, in terms of atmosphere and in terms of and I don't know if it logistically it makes sense, um, but maybe extend the, the boxes now. You know, the boxes that they have on the, the sidelines. Could you go okay. all the way around to the scoreboard now and just to close up the stadium basically to keep the crowd noise in? That would be something that, that would be interesting. Obviously, that costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it takes a little bit of time as it did. Uh, what was it? 2003, four when they added those. So I don't know. I mean, that's those are a couple things I would do to to spruce up the atmosphere. But overall, I think the last couple of years has really helped. And obviously winning helps too. So, yeah, I, I'd also say, and, and I know it's, it's a very traditional stadium, right? And that's, that's part of the beauty of it. But like the concourse area is also, you know, it's, I mean, it is what it is, but like you go to Comerica park and you know, there's a bunch of shops, there's a bunch of vendors and stuff like that. You take a walk around and you, you kind of like walking around, you know, something to do at halftime or something like that. Um, you know, it's maybe so loaded. It's hard. To, it's hard to, to even get out of your seat and then go back and actually get your seat. You know, it's like one of those right. things where if I had any advice for someone that's never been to the big house, get there early, make sure you get your seat. Cause otherwise yep. good luck. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, the, the stadium is built like you have to have a plan if you're leaving your seat, because that is a if you are down at all, that is a steep hike up those stairs, man. It is. It, it, it is. feels like it feels like you're on and, uh, you know, you're walking up an escalator that's going down almost at times, you know, so I, but there's nothing they can do about it. That's not really a complaint. That's just a. You know, if for your advice, you, you you can't really just make a bunch of trips back and forth at the end of the day, you know? No, yeah, definitely not. I, I agree with that. And honestly, I mean, the stadium is what it is. It's like Fenway. And there's only Boston, so much you can do, though, is. too, right? Like, you're there to watch a college football game at the end of the day. You know? Exactly. 
I mean, so yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I still personally, I, I love going. I'm excited to see how the the new scoreboard looks. It, it looks absolutely massive, and it, it's just another thing. I mean, if you're the big house, you might as well make everything big, you know? Yep, I agree. I 100% agree with that. Uh, finally, you had a, a little thing that you wanted to touch on here. Uh, what did you What did you tell me? Ten years ago today, Tyler? No, ten years ago, a couple days ago. Okay. Um, I want to say it was, what's today? Today's Wednesday. 12th yeah yeah so i think it was monday that was it was 10 years ago monday that ncaa football 14 the last um ncaa football video game came out uh with denard robinson on the cover and and stuff like that i just wanted to know what's your you know first memory or what's your what's your biggest memory of playing that game and that one, are you looking forward for the new one to come back? I guess. So oh yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited. So, so I actually still have my PlayStation Three, and, and I have NCAA 14, and so I got revamped it and everything. I got like revamped that. too. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I still play it, man. Um, and and I do love it. Um, you know, I, I'm so excited for the new one though. Just you know, so many updates. Obviously, the game was 10 years ago for with NCAA 14. Still a great game. Still so much fun. Um, but, but I loved it, man. You know, uh, I know a lot of people, they like to, to do their things where, um, you know, they, they stick with like one school and turn it into a powerhouse. I was never, I never really liked to do that, to be honest with you. I like to do like, uh, a simulated coaching career, right? Like I, like I would start as an offensive coordinator at like a Mac school. And then I would, I would take a job as like a, an OC at a power five school. Then you get the head coaching gig at, you know, some low school, you build them up for a couple of years and then you go to kind of a, a mid tier power five. And then eventually I, I'd either turn them into a really good school or I'd, or I'd take like, you know, I, my, my entire goal is forever to, to always get the Michigan job, to be quite honest with you. You know, I always want that, whether or not it ever happens, um, you know, but that that's, that's what I strive for uh, every time I, I've never done like the 30 years with a single team or anything like that. Um, so, uh, but there's just so many different ways that you can go about it. And I'm so excited for, for that to, to finally come back, man. It, it's been way too long. Yeah. It's almost like a missed opportunity. And, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go back to my question in a second. It's like a missed opportunity of, of growth of the sport of college football, because, right. you know, so many of us became fans of the sport, uh, either because of our parents or, or because of the video game. I mean, the vi my dad was always a Michigan fan, but you know, the video game helped me like learn the players and helped yep. me learn the players across the country and, you know, playing the online dynasty, probably my, my, you know, biggest memory about playing NCAA football 14, but I still play it now because I still have the NCAA revamped or college football revamped and uh, on the Xbox. And I love it. I mean, unfortunately you can't play online. That's, that's kind of what sucks, mm. but I mean, it it's great. And honestly, to be able to play a college football video game is awesome. So, um, like I said, missed opportunity in terms of growing the sport um, in, a, in a time where the sport's kind of been the same for a long time. And now, obviously, it's starting to change with NIL and conference realignment and transfer portal and, and you know, all the issues that plague college football. But 
I mean, man, for it to come back at some point, hopefully next year. I'm I'm really thinking it will come back. I think I think it's coming back hell or high water, whether yep. there's players I in agree. the game or not in the game, it's coming back. And so quite honestly, will... I don't care, dude. I don't care if we have the the actual players in the game or not. It's more about the sport of college football. Like I want to take over a program at the end of the day, you know, and I, and I want the bowl games and I want the college football playoff and I want the stadiums and the, and the traditions and whatnot. I'd love for the players to be in it, but it's not even close to a deal breaker for me. They will be at some point. It may not yeah. be the first year. It may be something where they're not in it to start. And at launch, they're not there. And then, you know, by the time the season rolls around there, they have a They have an agreement with, you know, whatever association or, or whatever, and then they're in the game. But I think regardless, the game's coming out hell or high water. And the reason I say that is obviously money, but also there's a demand for it. People are going to mm-hmm. spend the money on it. People are going to buy brand new consoles to play the game. This is going to be the most sold sports game ever. I'm not even I, joking. I, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I think you're right. Legitimately, it's, dude. It has to be. I mean, think about how... People play revamp still. There's some yeah. poor souls that still play NCAA football 14 in its like, you know, old stage without the revamped, right. which I, I'm sorry. I feel bad for those people because you got Michigan with the Adidas uniforms. You got all the archaic <laughs> old uniform, which I guess it's nostalgic. But at the same time, yep. it's like this. It's cool to be able to see Michigan with the Jordan uniforms and the Jordan cleats and you know, the updated uniforms and the updated players and everything. So it, it's awesome. But but honestly, at the end of the day, I think it'll be awesome for it to come back. It'll be good for college football. Um, you know, next year really kind of symbols new new in college football. Really, the really big change for the first time in a long time in college football. You know, you have Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 to join the SEC. You have USC and UCLA joining the Big 10 and leaving the Pac-12. Um, you, there may be some more movement. Um, you have the twelve-team college football playoff for the first time. Yep, there's a lot of different things. You know, the the Big Ten will will take over CBS, and the SEC yep. will be gone. I know they take over CBS a little bit this year, but it's kind of you know hand in hand with the SEC this year. Where next year it'll be the Big Ten will be on on um, CBS. So. Right. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, man. There's a there's a lot of change coming in college football, and I don't know if you listened to Joel Klatt's podcast, but Greg Sankey talking about change in the SEC and in college football altogether. It doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. So no, yeah, that's that's the thing, man. It's an ever changing landscape, and you know, with, with with the Pac-12 kind of up in the air right now. I mean, a couple of years down the line, we could be doing this whole dog and pony show once again about change. But I'm okay with it. I mean, my my main concern with it is I don't want to see some schools left behind. Right. I don't want to see con- condensation or, or, you know, condensing college football. I want college football to be 100 teams that have a chance to win a national title. Is it realistic like basketball? Maybe not. But could you have 50 teams that are, that are you know, on the cusp of winning a national title or, or at least competing for a national title? that's probably more realistic, but then that means, you know, people are left out. So I don't know what the right answer or wrong answer is, but 
I'll tell you what, man, there's, there's going to be some interesting decisions to be made over the next couple of years. I mean, cause like, just think about just in the big 10 altogether, what is Northwestern doing in the big 10? Yeah. Yeah. That's that a whole other can of worms. They've right been now, in the man. big 10 for, you know, since the big 10 started. So, I mean, you know, everyone bitched and complained when, when Penn state joined the big 10 back in, what was it back in the nineties or whatever it was, Oh, the big 10 will never be the same, blah, blah, blah. We think of Penn state as a big 10 blue blood. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, exactly. It, it just, it just goes to show you when change happens, it's changed for a little while. And then as time goes on, it's like, all right, well, I mean, we, we, you said it last podcast, Nebraska was never thought of as a big 10 school. And now, it's like, oh, yeah, Nebraska, they're in the Big Ten. They're in the western part of the Big Ten, and they have a little bit of a rivalry with Iowa. And you don't really think about the Nebraska-Texas games and the Nebraska-Oklahoma right. games, but you just know that those those were a thing. And that's – I, I don't know. That's the thing about college football. It changes, but but as change goes on, it gets – you kind of get used to it more and more. So, so as we wrap up here this week, Tyler, uh, go ahead. Where can we find you on social media, man? Yeah, you can find me on social media at SealDog91 uh, for my good and bad takes. You can also follow me at SealDog91 on threads as well. I've been posting a little bit on there um, just to kind of check it out, switch things up in, in the theme of having new things. So I like it. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Subscribe, rate, leave a review wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget the Block M Podcast Network. We got some great shows. You can catch Tyler uh, along with Vaughn on Future Blue. We've got Out of the Blue. We got some great shows for you each and every week, getting you through the summer and the offseason as we creep closer to the college football season. So for Tyler Seeley, I am Luke Giardi, and we'll see you next week on Feeling Blue.